What's going on, friends? Welcome in to WFS, the Will Ford Show. The NFL Draft tomorrow, April 28th on Thursday, the first round. So, so freaking excited because I love the NFL Draft. And I feel terrible because I've really slacked on my analysis of players, predictions, mock drafts. Uh, really up until this point, you know, we're a day out from the draft and I just posted my my first mock draft on Instagram, on my Instagram story. Check that out at Will Ford Show on Insta. And yeah, I've been slacking. And the last few years I played an NFL draft game where, you know, I have fans of the show submit their predictions for the mock draft, picking players, trades, positions, all that stuff. And I've slacked hardcore on that. And that's on me. Terrible on my part. But I'm going to give you some analysis here today on some stuff just a day out from the draft. I'll probably post an updated mock draft as I do a lot more intense research over the next 24 hours. But I want to dive into my first mock draft here today. I'm not going to go through all 32 picks. I've done that before and it takes me like an hour to do that because I go very in-depth about each selection, each player positional needs for each team and I just don't see the need to go through all of that all 32 picks really what I think I'm going to do is go through I'm going to jump around but I'm also going to focus on the top 10 maybe top 15 picks a little bit more in depth than I would the the back half of the first round of the draft so what's interesting about this draft is that the quarterback talent it's not as strong, or at least it's perceived as not as strong as last year or just in years past. There's not really one quarterback that jumps out at you that as a generational talent and someone that you would absolutely need to trade up for if you're in need of a quarterback to go and get. The top two quarterbacks in the draft, in my opinion, are Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. I think that's the same for everybody. But I would also, Desmond Ritter is also a very high on my draft board as well, as far as quarterbacks go. Um, he would be a close third, and he could honestly sneak his way into the first round, I think, near the end of the first. And I'll explain to what team and where at at the end of the first here in a little bit. When you look at the top three picks in the draft, the, the team selecting in the top three, you have the Jags, the Lions, and the Texans. The only team out of those three that could select a quarterback at number two would be the Lions, but I don't believe they need to do so because they do have Jared Goff, and I don't love Jared Goff by any means. He's an expensive player, though. You're paying him a lot of money, and you're kind of stuck with him at least for another year or two, I, I think. So if you're going to draft a quarterback, he's likely going to sit behind Jared Goff for at least the season anyway. And so I, I, I wouldn't really do that because I think the Lions have much greater needs, especially on the defensive side of the ball. On offense, you know, they've hit home runs at wide receiver in the fourth round with Amon or St. Brown last year. And you draft Benet Sewell at right tackle. He's a stud. DeAndre Swift, I think, has been... Uh, a great selection for them, a home run hitting running back. And they have a good offensive line. They've got St. Brown at wide receiver. TJ Hawkinson they hit on at tight end. The Lions have done a remarkable job drafting over the last few years. And to go quarterback here 
when they have such glaring needs on the defensive side of the ball, like their offense is fine, minus the subpar Jared Goff. But he's he's fine for now. He can be your bridge guy because you're paying him so much money. So going quarterback when there's not an absolute stud that you feel super strongly about, I just don't I don't see it as worth it. I think it would be a mistake to do that at number two. Even if you do feel strongly about Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett or Desmond Ritter or whoever, their talent level, at least to what we've seen, the eye test does not show that they're going to be as good as a guy like, you know, Trevor Lawrence or, you know, Mac Jones in his rookie year. These guys don't scream immediate impact players at quarterback. They don't seem like guys that are going to come in and play well right away. They they feel like guys that are kind of projects and not immediate starters. You're probably going to have to sit them for at least a season. And for the Lions, I if he's not starting week one of the regular season, then there's absolutely no point in doing it. So they have better they have greater needs on the defensive side of the ball, which is why I think they'll go defense at number two. And then we have two teams that have two picks in the top 10. So the New York Giants have picks at five and seven and the New York Jets have picks at four and 10 unbelievable opportunities for them to get insane talent. And what I, I do not believe there are going to be many trades in the first round of the draft, or I don't, I don't think there's going to be a team that's going to move up into the top 10 at all. I really don't think so because I think teams are going to be willing to wait for these quarterbacks like Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. I don't think they're going to want to catapult themselves into the top 10 and and spend a bunch of draft capital to go up and take a quarterback that's probably going to sit for a year. So for the Jets and the and the Giants, both New York teams, they have an opportunity to use both of those selections to get players that are going to immediately start and I think are going to be immediately good. I really, really do. And I think they can actually kind of help turn their franchises around a little bit. I do believe the Jets can do it a little bit faster than the Giants can because of the quarterback. But I'm going to go through now the, the top 10 picks and then some other notable selections here in the first round and give you some in-depth analysis. Number one overall, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it's interesting. I think they actually could go in a couple different directions. I think they do need an offensive lineman to protect Trevor Lawrence. They need something to fortify that offensive line. They just signed Cam Robinson, a tackle to a uh, a three-year extension, $54 million. They need someone on the other side. And so really what I think they could do is get a guy like Akeem Aquanu from North Carolina State, NC State, I think the best offensive tackle in the draft, but when you see a guy like Aiden Hutchinson sitting there, an absolute star in the Big Ten, off the edge, had a heck of a close to the regular season, he had 14 sacks in his senior season at Michigan, just an absolute monster, and uh, I think it's impossible to pass him up at number one. I think the Lions would love if they passed him up. When you see Aiden Hutchinson sitting there, and I know you need an offensive lineman, but Hutchinson, I think, is just going to be a game wrecker off the edge, getting to the quarterback. I mean, I just don't know how you can pass that up if you're the Jags. So the Jags are going to take Aiden Hutchinson at number one. Number two, 
I, I do think the Lions need an edge rusher and an elite one at that. And there's a few of them in this draft. Hutchinson, like I mentioned, if Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, and then Trevon Walker from Georgia. And honestly, I do believe they're going to get the Georgia prospect, Trevon Walker. Uh, he had six sacks during his junior season at Georgia, but an incredibly fast edge rusher at 6'5", 275 pounds. I think he can be a beast for the Lions. And And here's the thing. Historically, when you look in the draft, anytime a quarterback's been selected number two overall, they tend to not pan out. I think the most notable example it's like Andrew Luck taken number one by the Colts and then RG3 taken number two by the then Washington Redskins, now the Washington Commanders. RG3 was good for a year and then injuries kind of derailed his career. Jared Goff and then Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz hasn't really been. He had a great 2017 campaign until he got injured. And now he's kind of an erratic injury prone player. And when you look at drafting edge rushers at number two overall, Chase Young, I mean, is an absolute monster. Now, he had an ACL injury. Those are freak injuries. That happens. But history tends to be on your side if you draft an edge rusher or a defensive player number two overall. And so for the Lions to go get Trevon Walker, or even if they went and got Thibodeau from Oregon, they're going to be set up for success getting to the quarterback. Number three overall uh, the Houston Texans, uh, they need absolutely everything. And so I, it, I don't know where you go. I, I, I think the best thing to do, considering that you drafted Davis Mills at quarterback last year, he played pretty well given all the circumstances. I think you go get Akeem Aquanu, get a tackle, get someone to protect him, to give him time to throw the football. Now, you could go rec- receiver here at number three. You could get a defensive player. I mean, they have needs everywhere, but I think the most glaring one is just protecting Davis Mills, because if you don't have a solid offensive line to protect a rookie quarterback, things are going to spiral downhill fast, and I mean, they already have for Houston, but they've got to start building something here, especially with all the draft capital that they got from Cleveland. This is their own pick, but still. They need to start building around Davis Mills. And to do that, you need the best offensive lineman in the draft, Akeem Aquanu. Number four, the New York Jets. They need a wide receiver, absolutely. But I think at number four, it's a little too early to do that, in my opinion. Because this is such a deep wide receiver draft class. There are so many. I mean, the Jets could pass on a wide receiver in their first two picks and still get a good receiver in the second round, or even trade back into the first round to get somebody. They absolutely don't need to take one in the top 10, but they have the luxury to wait because they have number four and number 10. At number four, uh, they need someone on uh, on the outside defensively, a, a corner. I think the best corner in this draft is the one from Cincinnati, Sauce Gardner. Nine interceptions in his three-year career at Cincinnati. He also had three sacks last year, 40 total tackles, a good open field tackler for a corner, and someone who can go get the football. So for the Jets to get someone who can lock down guys on the outside, especially now that Tyreek Hill is joining the division with the Miami Dolphins, you need someone that can cover him on the outside. 
And Ahmad Sauce Garner, he is 6'3", 200 pounds. I mean, that's a, a long frame, and that's exactly what the Jets need defensively in the secondary. Number five, the Giants are another team similar to the Texans. have a lot of needs, really. And I think offensive line is a huge problem. They could surprise us and go quarterback, but I don't think they're going to. Offensive line is a must, and then I also on defense and edge rusher as well. And so since they do have picks five and seven, I really don't think it matters which one they decide to go with here because they can get one and then just get the other. Uh, I think they're going to get the two guys that they want regardless of which order they take them in. But at number five, I'll go with Evan Neal, a tackle from Alabama. Um, I think the second best offensive lineman in the draft. Pretty close with Akeem Aquanu. I, I think it's 1A, 1B. And so for the Giants to get Neal, you put someone on the other side of Andrew Thomas. Now you have both tackles shirt up for Daniel Jones. And I think if Daniel Jones has a better offensive line around him, he can be a better quarterback. And you may not have to get rid of him if you're the New York Giants. Because Daniel Jones has some mobility. He can run. He just needs time to throw the football, and he hasn't had much of that in his time in in New York. Number six is where I I think it gets really interesting because the Carolina Panthers have Sam Darnold. They've been in the mix for Baker Mayfield. They have needs at offensive line, so you could see them getting an offensive tackle like Charles Cross. Maybe you get a center, Tyler Lindebaum from Iowa. There's a few other tackles as well, Bernard Raymond. Tyler Smith. I mean, they could they could go offensive line here, and I think it's absolutely a need. But I, I do think they are enamored by the mobility of Kenny Pickett. Now, if Kenny Pickett, if I had a comp for Kenny Pickett, I think it's early Colin Kaepernick. Right when he took over for Alex Smith, didn't do a whole lot of throwing the football, but was extremely dynamic as a runner. And I, I, I see that offense being built that way. If you're Matt Rule, if you take Kenny Pickett, you're going to build your offense similar to the 49ers and how they built theirs around Colin Kaepernick once upon a time. It's going to def, definitely, without a doubt, be a running system. You have one of the best running backs in the league in Christian McCaffrey, but he hasn't been healthy the last couple of years. If he's healthy, it's a great outlet for Kenny Pickett to throw underneath, throw screens, uh, and get easy completions to get into a rhythm. But if Pickett is if Pickett has to rely on just himself, uh, you know, as a runner, because Christian McCaffrey is out, he can certainly do so. I think he can provide a lot of value off script with his legs, and I think the Panthers are kind of enamored with him. Now, it, this could all change, you know, if if they believe they're going to go after Baker Mayfield, then they may not go Kenny Pickett here. But right now, they don't have Baker, so I'm going to have them taking Kenny Pickett. Number seven, the New York Giants. This is where they get their edge rusher. Uh, I think they could have taken him at five and then gotten Evan Neal at seven. It doesn't really matter, but I'm going Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Thibodeau had seven sacks last season, played three years at Oregon, almost 50 tackles, two forced fumbles. He had three sacks in 2020, but obviously you know that was kind of a, a shortened year, weird year. 2019, he had nine sacks. I mean, this guy, you could argue, is the second best edge rusher in the draft. I like Trevon Walker just a little bit better. But Thibodeau, 6'5", 258, a leaner defensive end. But he's going to help the Giants get after the quarterback. 
you put him opposite Leonard Williams, and that can be an outstanding two-headed monster at that position, one coming off one side, one coming off the other. Number eight is interesting for the Atlanta Falcons because they need a quarterback, but I don't think they're going to draft one in the top 10. I don't think they really feel that strongly about Kenny Pickett if he were still available, Malik Willis. Uh, To me, I feel like a guy like Desmond Ritter or Matt Corral fit their system a little bit better, but they're not going to reach for those two guys at number eight. This to me seems like the most likely position where a trade could be made, the Falcons trading back and someone moving up. Now, I don't know if a team would move up to select Malik Willis here, or if a team maybe feels very strongly about a wide receiver to trade up and go get uh, one of those guys. Because the Green Bay Packers, they have two picks in the 20s. Do they package them together to move up uh, to number nine or number eight, excuse me, and and go get who they think might be the, the best wide receiver? Do the Chiefs do that instead? It, it could be, I think this is the spot where a team could could trade up with the Falcons to go get, I think, more than likely a wide receiver. But again, I'm just not too sure. I really don't think there's going to be any movement in the top 10 at all. And so for the Falcons, they have needs at quarterback, obviously. They need offensive line. They need help defensively as well on the interior. A lot of needs. But what I think they're going to do and it makes sense. If they lost Calvin Ridley, he's gone for the next year at least. They lost Russell Gage to the Tampa Bay Bucks, so that's their number one and number two wide receiver gone. Kyle Pitts is really their only viable option to throw to. You need someone else. Garrett Wilson to me is the best wide receiver in this class, with, without a doubt. I mean, Wilson had over a thousand yards and twelve touchdowns this season uh, for the Buckeyes. Seventy catches. He had six touchdowns in 2025 and 2019, but clearly an ascending player. Uh, it just gets better and better every year. Six foot, 188 pounds, uh, but he can absolutely jump out of the gym. And so Garrett Wilson, best receiver in the draft. I think he goes to Atlanta. And then if Atlanta, if they decide to bring back Calvin Ridley in a year, you have Calvin Ridley and Garrett Wilson. And if you don't bring back Calvin Ridley, if you just decide to cut ties once his suspension is over, then you have Garrett Wilson. I think that's what the Falcons are going to do. I think, you know, they have so many needs. You're going to need someone to, for Marcus Mariota to throw the football to, or if you draft a quarterback in a later round. And so Garrett Wilson, top wide out, that's where you go, in my opinion. Number nine, the Seattle Seahawks. They have this position from the Denver Broncos after trading Russell Wilson to Denver. So with the ninth pick, I mean, it's pretty obvious what the Seahawks should do. Now, they would probably draft a running back here because I feel like that's their MO. That's what they do every year. But they need offensive line. They need someone to protect whoever's playing quarterback for them, whether that's Drew Locke um, or... You know, if they draft a quarterback in a later round, maybe the Seahawks trade back from this spot and they acquire more picks and then they select a quarterback later in the first round. But again, I don't see any movement in the top 10. So offensive lineman here, the best guy available, Charles Cross from Mississippi State. Um, I love, I love Mississippi State as a program. They're one of my favorite programs to follow. They they produce a lot of good talent as far as um, defensive players and on the offensive line. 
Charles Cross, a good one, and is going to help protect Drew Locke or whoever's back playing quarterback for Seattle this season. Number 10, round out the top 10. Jets need a wide receiver here, and there's still so many available. It's really up to you, whatever you want to do. But I'm going to go with a guy that, honestly, I think Garrett Wilson and then it's Drake London from USC. Drake London is not the fastest receiver. He may not be the best route running receiver, but his catch radius is incredible. And for a guy like Zach Wilson, who struggled with some inaccuracy to start his career first half of the season, but then got better as the year went on, you need a guy that Zach Wilson can just throw it up to and Drake London is just going to go get it no matter where it's at. So London's not necessarily going to outrun you. He's not a great run after catch receiver. You just need a guy who's going to extend drives and get you first downs and then be a threat in the red zone once you get there. You can just throw it up to him. And like I said, with his catch radius, I mean, he can just go get it. London had 88 catches for just over 1,000 yards last year, seven touchdowns, and only had 500 yards in the two previous years, combining for eight touchdowns. So made a huge jump in his junior season, but I mean, standing at six foot five and 210 pounds. I mean, that's a perfect target for Zach Wilson. It absolutely is because of his size, his length, and his ability to catch the football really no matter where it is. He can catch it up high, down low, wherever you put the ball, he's going to go get it. And that rounds out the top 10 for my mock draft. I feel really, really good about that top 10. And like I said, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of movement. Uh, in the draft period in the first round, but especially I don't think so in the top 10. I think the the most likely scenario, if it were to happen, would be probably either picks eight or nine with the Falcons or the Seahawks. I could see one of those two teams moving back, but again, I'm not too sure. Now, some other notable selections in this draft, just briefly here. Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. Many people view him as one of the top two or three players in this draft. A lot of people have had discussions about him going number two to the Detroit Lions. I don't think the Lions need to do that, though, because of the defensive back talent at the end of the first round, early second round. And once you get to the end of the first round anyway, there's not as much edge rusher talent. So I think the Lions have to go with an edge rusher at number two and and pass on a guy. Like Kyle Hamilton, I have Kyle Hamilton going to the Philadelphia Eagles at number 15, who have definitely some needs in the secondary. Derek Stingley Jr., another corner, going to the Minnesota Vikings at 12. Kind of jumped back and forth there. I went forward and then backward. There's a couple of teams, though, that have two picks from picks 10 to 20, and that's the Eagles at picks 15 and 18. I have them taking Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah at 18. And then the Saints... They have picks at number 16 and 19. So at number 16, I have them getting a tackle to replace Teron Armstead, losing him to the Miami Dolphins, bring in Bernard Rainman from Central Michigan. And then at number 19, they get the quarterback from Liberty, Malik Willis. They have Jameis Winston. They have Taysom Hill. Those two guys can be fine for a little bit. I think Malik Willis is the perfect guy to bring in to sit for a year under Dennis Allen, the head coach, and behind either Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. 
Now, the Saints could absolutely go wide receiver here as well. I mean, Michael Thomas is coming back, and then you don't really have a reliable number two. So they could go get a guy like Jamison Williams from Alabama, Chris Olave. It's really, really interesting. But I think with Malik Willis still sitting there at number 19, I don't know if you want to let him fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20 because I think the Steelers would maybe heavily consider it. But at number 20, I do have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking an offensive tackle because they absolutely need it in Tyler Smith from Tulsa. The New England Patriots could absolutely use a wide receiver, but Bill Belichick, it's not his his thing to go get a wide receiver in the first round. I think he would be a fool not to considering the talent that's remaining in this first round. I mean, Jamison Williams, I think with his injury, you know, many people consider him the top receiver in the draft, but his injury at the end of the season has kind of dropped him out of the three or four best receivers. So he could fall pretty far in this draft, but I don't think the Patriots are going to take a guy like him or a guy like Olave. And Olave would be perfect for Mac Jones because of how shifty he is, how good of a route runner he is, a deep threat which is something that Mac Jones doesn't really have. But again, I don't think the Patriots are going to do it. So they'll get N'Kobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia. Jamison Williams will go to the Green Bay Packers at number 22. My Dallas Cowboys absolutely need an offensive line piece, someone either to play guard or tackle because they lost Lyle Collins and Connor Williams. The best one remaining, it's either Kenyon Green from Texas A&M or Zion Johnson from Boston College. Um, I'll take Zion Johnson. Chris Olave to the Tennessee Titans at number 26. And Olave, you know, is a guy that the Dallas Cowboys are also looking at too. Like they, they, they would consider trading up to go get him or select, you know, if he's there at 24 selecting him, I would absolutely hate that if I'm the, as a Cowboys fan, I would hate that because we don't need him. We have CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. I'm okay with drafting a wide receiver, but I don't want to draft a wide receiver at 24. And I love Olave. He would be great in Dallas, but we have such a, a more a bigger needs, much more glaring needs. Tyron Smith is on his last legs. We've lost Lyle Collins. Zach Martin's aging. Tyler Biotish is okay at best at center, and I don't even know who our left guard is. So we need someone to play offensive line. And we, we need an offensive lineman. I don't need another wide receiver because... It doesn't matter who we have at wideout. If Dak doesn't have time to throw the football, it doesn't matter. The Tampa Bay Bucks at 27, getting some much-needed offensive line help. You know they brought in Shaq Mason to play right guard. They'll take Kenyon Green, and and they can probably play him at left guard on the opposite side of Ryan Jensen. And the Bucks, I think, will be the best team in the NFC next year. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs they have two picks, 29 and 30 back to back, so they can take whoever they want, and they absolutely need corner and wide receiver, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson, to close out the first round at pick number 32. This is where I think Detroit could maybe select a quarterback at the end of the first round, get a guy like Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Matt Corral. I like Desmond Ritter the most out of those three, but again, I don't think it's worth it if you're the Lions. If you're selecting him at 32, you're wasting a selection that you could have had on a defensive player. And Lewis Sign from Georgia, safety, I think could actually be the steal of the first round. I think could be as good as Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. If the Lions get Lewis Sign and 
Trevon Walker, look out because that's I think those are two stars defensively for the Lions. Pair that with their their home run selections on offense. Listen, I think the Lions can really build something strong here. And once they get their quarterback that they really, really want, whether that's next year in the draft or it's in free agency, whatever it is, I think the Lions could actually be the best team in the NFC North because the Packers, Aaron Rodgers is probably gone here in a couple years. I just don't know how much longer he can play this game of every year, oh, I need a new contract and this, that, the other. I don't love Kirk Cousins in Minnesota and the Bears. I don't know what the hell they're doing. So the Lions, I think it's their division for the taking here in a couple years once they get their quarterback and they can grab two stars in the first round with Lewis Sign from Georgia and his teammate Trevon Walker. So that's my first round mock draft. I'll probably release another one of these tomorrow before the draft starts. And I'll probably do one with some trades because there's no way there's not going to be a trade in the first round of the draft. But it's just not a very star-driven draft, especially when you look at quarterback. I mean, there's just not a superstar quarterback that a team just absolutely needs to trade up and get. There are great wide receivers, but because it's such a deep wide receiver draft class, I don't think teams are going to want to trade up to get a wide receiver when they can get one who is you know, just slightly off somebody else. Really, the stars of this first round are going to be the edge rushers, I believe, the edge rushers and the defensive backs. But my prediction, only two quarterbacks selected in the first round, five wide receivers, four edge rushers, and eight offensive linemen. Again, this is another deep offensive lineman draft, deep receiver draft. Even though it's not very star-driven, I'm still fascinated by it. I still love it. I still absolutely love it. Thanks for tuning in to episode 161 of WFS, the Will Ford Show. Really sorry that I've slacked on, slacked recently as a whole, but especially on uh, on NFL draft coverage because this is my absolute favorite time of the year when it comes to sports. Sorry I didn't get the details for the draft game out in time. I'm not going to rush anybody now, but feel free to play along with me if you'd like. And, uh, Best time of the year, baby. I'm excited. First round of the NFL Draft tomorrow. Can't wait. I'll do another episode shortly after the first round of the draft uh, to get uh, to do some analysis uh, among all the first round selections, surprises, steals, and everything in between. That'll be in episode 161. Excuse me, no, 162. This has been episode 161 of WFS, The Will Ford Show. 